Okay, we are on. Am I audible? Am I? My? Do I sound like you can hear me clearly? Why can't you see me? I can't see you too well, but I can hear you. Wave your hand. Yes, I see you move. I see you move. It works. <laughs> Nobody move. Nobody <laughs> move from where they are. Everybody, all of you are in the right place. Twenty-six or so, which are three, and I don't like this kind of procedure. So this has gone through Pune-based singer-songwriter, and I had the opportunity of working with him. photographing him and watching him grow as a musician over the years and it's been an absolute delight we finally newest track fixer and uh, all of us are pretty excited about it and i thought you know this would be a good time to talk about finally you know putting your work out there whether practice makes perfect and also about the journey so far hi hi how are you I'm good. How are you? Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What like to finally put the music out there? It's it's I thought I knew how I'd feel after I put it out like I'd feel like really happy and stuff but uh, I am sort of in a weird spot. I'm like I want to put more music out there. Like that's where I'm at right now. Like one track is just one track. But yeah, I'm definitely happy for the response so far like it's been great. But yeah, I want to put yeah. more music out there. Yes sir. Does it feel like oh I've just put one track and now I have to put out more? Is there that pressure that you feel? Mm, I feel I think there's a pressure because of the current situation because of lockdown. Mm-hmm. So like because the year was sort of planned out like I wanted to release music this year. This was the year that the work on the track had begun in Jan. So there is a sort of pressure now only because I can't really get to the studio as often and stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, not really to release because these songs have been with me for so long now. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I can't wait to get ready to put it out like the way I wanted to hear, you know, like the sound. Basically, I wanted to sound as, as perfect as it sounded in my head like years ago when I wrote that, you know. Yeah, I know. I saw this post that I think Sean put up. For those of you who don't know, Sean is Derek's wonderful uh, friend, and he's equally talented. And he did the drums, I think. For yeah, yeah, he played the drums. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he put up this post that said that September twenty sixteen was when he heard you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's four years. Yeah, four years because, and yeah, it's weird yes. because the the song when I wrote the song it was it was completely different. It wasn't really the way it is right now. Uh, most hmm. of my stuff sure. I've always felt like that. Like you know, it's not ready. Like at least back then I couldn't sing it as well. My voice was not as good as it is right now. because back then i didn't like my voice i couldn't really sing in stu- in the studio you know there are certain things that really uh, frighten you about the studio musicians on here probably can you know support me on that like you know they put this thing called the metronome i don't know if you've heard of it it's this thing that no, clicks 1 2 3 and you got to be with it the whole time like you can't go off right, timing so that it's like yeah. the thing that tells you about your beat yeah your, your beat yeah you got to stay consistent throughout so that was very scary in 2016 because i was like okay This is really intimidating, but yeah. So, what made you finally decide to you know release Fixer? Firstly, I went to the studio and uh, I worked on another person's song. I worked on Nida's song first. Yeah. So when I worked on Nida's song, and I felt so light because it wasn't my own song. I wasn't pressured, and I just enjoyed the studio process. And the feedback right. from a lot of you know the people at the studios was like, man, you're good. Like you. you you did it really quick and i was i was surprised because i i didn't know i was good 
but uh, then i just played her tracks and i felt really comfortable in the studio and that kind of helped me realize that, man i can record my own stuff like the practice is paying off <laughs> yeah that's yeah. insane so yeah. uh, could you play a little snippet of trickster i mean not the whole thing yes. so that the rest of yeah. you can go on spotify and listen to it yeah yeah sensitive topic I'm about to cover uncovers all of your intentions now tell me honestly do you think it's all right to be messing around with people's emotions now tell me honestly do you sleep well at night or you're rolling around as you discover your conscience you're running up troops but how long do you think they'd last Karma's a bitch that's gonna bite you in the ass. How many people are you going full clown? Lying around it only makes you feel cool clown. The world's a stage and it's all but a game. You're pointing fingers looking for someone to blame. You've done this, you've done that. You pulled the bunny out of the hat. But at the end of the day, you're just a trickster who lost his way. kind of has this charming element as well to him like he's not just uh, he's not just a person out to like you know trick people but he's also has this kind of charming thing to him you know this personality that you know people kind of uh, fail to see what his intentions are just because of his appearance and stuff like that so you know his society his position in society and stuff like that you know so that was the whole thing that's pretty cool and you also you know you spoke about karma and coming yeah, along yeah. which is i thought it was a beautiful combination yeah because i've had my own share of you know karma in my life so i was like i got to write something about this and i was feeling it so like it was so deep at that moment when i wrote the song because it was uh, it was really heated up for me because i was really pissed at this person and i didn't know how to get it out so i just i just thought i'll write the song and uh, when i wrote the song it was just the chorus first how many people are you going to fool now and stuff like that but when i got to the bridge i was like man like if you look back at if you look at back at our own lives we can sort of see how karma has played such a big part like it's always there like in some way you know whatever you do good or bad karma always comes back you know so tell, what was the story you said where you said that you had you've had your fair share of karma tell me a little more about that mm, for instance like um, in the beginning when i started off playing right mm. um i always thought you know it had to be done this way had to be done that way so 
in many ways i kind of looked at other people and wondered you know and i was i'm too much of a perfectionist so when i listen to other people's music and stuff it's like i listen to it too much and then i i kind of don't like some things and then i'm like and that's the way i've started looking at my own music so that's karma for me in a way that you know you can't be that cynical when you're listening to something or when you're you know critiquing something you got to be as objective and look at it from their perspective as as you know yeah. art itself as art itself first and then all of the technical stuff yeah so i picked up my guitar in 2014 actually i thought of you know start starting doing gigs and stuff like that but obviously i didn't have i didn't have any contacts or anything so i just played parties i went to for friends parties i just took my guitar along i was the guitar guy just take my guitar along just play at parties and stuff and uh, the at one of these parties i met a guy named aaron you know aaron right so he yeah, yeah. he was like man you want to do a gig and then he got me my first gig and i was like okay this is how it is done probably you know start start doing gigs first and you know hope that i get better and i wasn't really good back then i was from my point of view i was okay but i started off then i think yeah by the end of that year i went i took part in the competition the high idol thing back then in 2014 oh, yeah 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 high idol and i was i didn't expect to win that thing there was like just unbelievable when i won that i was like oh god that's when i realized okay i can probably do this because you know there are people who voted for me and the judges voted for me and i was like um that's when i knew that okay people probably see something in me it's probably it's good you know so, yeah. so that's when i started yeah that's how i started off full time wow that's that's quite interesting that's quite a ride so you started as in as part of a church choir so what made you make yeah, yeah. shift to doing gigs so first you of all when i was notes. in yeah yeah when i was in the church choir i i loved singing like in the background i loved harmonizing or you know as a background vocalist someone like the choir would sing and i would do these different things and stuff so uh, when when i picked up the guitar and started playing it was another world for me entirely and that's when i realized that my voice was so generic because when you sing in the church you kind of have to fit in you can't have your own texture to your voice you can't have your own tonality because if you do that you stick out but a choir is a combined thing it's it's a yeah. group thing so you don't want to stick out you want to blend in as much as possible so when i picked up the guitar and started singing i was like okay i'm going to have to work on my tone and stuff like that yeah <laughs> right right and so do you i'm sure you practiced it so what's how often do you practice your work because i i, I remember distinct conversations with you because for those of you listening there was this one point where i think an entire year i would derek had a residency at a restaurant called juice and bistro yeah oh my god into the place it has all of our hearts and uh, we're all very close to it and i remember seeing you every wednesday yeah and yeah. and i remember these distinct conversations where you go like okay i can't have this or i can't do this because i'm yeah. singing yeah yeah and you're so strict with it and <laughs> that's something i really appreciated so how often do you practice and what do you do what is it like for you are you motivated to practice regularly yeah definitely i've realized one thing like over the over, as, uh, actually during this time because now i'm not been doing gigs it's actually a bigger test because i don't need to practice because i don't have a gig coming up i don't have anything coming up so why must i practice but uh, because i've been practicing for 4 years i've realized now that i would practice to make myself feel better about my own voice you know it's right. about how you feel about your own voice and how you're singing and how whether you can perform kind of 
you know with with this kind of flair and everything so yeah when i would when i would practice it would be more of just trying to be more confident with my playing and singing at the same time so yeah i don't know it's it's weird because when you start off you're kind of uh, skeptical about how you sound and this and that but when you keep practicing every day for a certain you know amount of time you do eventually sound better like you sound better and you you can write better and stuff like that does come up but you need to feel confident and you only get confident with practice so and what do you think about people who don't uh, who don't uh, conform to that you know that idea that practice doesn't make perfect it's the so called hustle but the hustle doesn't yeah, include yeah. practicing but it also includes going and getting gigs and getting work yeah yeah definitely so first of all practice whether it makes you perfect is i don't think it, anything can make you perfect but for instance like if you practice you can at least get to a level where you feel happy about yourself in that moment or in that phase in your life you know because if you don't practice you sort of just stay stagnant right and you a lot of singers out there will be like you know i you know some of them practice a lot some of them barely practice but still they sound good and this and that but we really don't know as as far as talent is concerned as far as singing is concerned how it kind of uh, gets molded into us we don't know how it happens you know for instance there are some things that i have not practiced at all like like uh, singing in a church when i when i was a kid we would go for mass and there would be like huge loads of people just singing around me so you'd hear all of these voices and so when i got to the choir i just sang i never trained like my ears automatically knew it because when i ever since i was a child i was in church right so yeah. it is sort of weird that some things you need to learn but some things definitely come from your childhood definitely but yeah you can perfect certain abilities but not every day feels like okay i've achieved something but the next day is like i got i can make it better so you can never get 100% perfection in that way i agree i i do agree with that what's the one skill that you have that you know there's like one skill that you have perfected with practice and one skill that you got naturally without practicing that's like your blessing okay one skill that i will still not say i perfected is singing but i've gotten much better much much better i was so bad in the beginning my accent was all over the place and it was just weird yeah. when i would sing it would sound super weird so that's one thing that i really worked on but another thing that i don't think i worked on as much but came from my childhood was the ability to harmonize with somebody harmonize is basically when like i said a background vocalist you know someone who yeah. adds to the main vocalist i've always been doing that and i don't know how it started it just started in church and now i sing when when nida singing i would automatically back her up when anyone sings i can kind of back them up so that's something i really didn't learn yeah like yeah. it just happened what is it like you said you know in a choir you have to sound you can't stand out yeah and then you want to you know explore your vocal range and your tonality as a baritone yeah 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 right so what was that what was that shift like how did you discover that you were a baritone what was that like did you take like a like me i took an online test to find okay. out what my baritone was okay <laughs> okay but how did you do it i'm sure it was better than mine so for me first of all see the baritone voice this tone this range in in the voices is a male type so basically it's like 70 to 80% guys are baritone like we speak low so our singing range is low but uh, tenors there were tenors the tenors is are like the higher singers you know like yeah. mj the weekend and all of these guys you know bruno mars these are like really high singers 
so in the choir i would kind of be like i feel out of place because i was really low but not that low because there's the third type is the bass type which is like super low but i wasn't yeah. there so i was neither high nor low but it was in the middle which is like the basic male range so yeah discovering that was really difficult because i loved singing brian adams back then when i was like interested in 2011 and i just couldn't sing just couldn't yeah. sing it just couldn't sing it the way he sings it you know so you kind of have to discover your own voice and uh, understand it you know specifically and kind of love it for what it is first then you can work on expanding it and all of these technical things like expanding my range improving my tone you got to accept what it is at the you know in its rawest form yeah yeah so wait what which one is the alto i remember because alto alto is a girls girls type so there are girl types and uh, guy types boys yeah types. the feminine boys yeah yeah, yeah 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 so that's another thing but yeah for guys it's mostly baritone bass baritone then tenors counter tenors there's a lot of stuff yeah this is a female baritone also right <laughs> mm i'm not quite sure if they call it a female baritone but yeah it's definitely a low range probably alto is sort of you could call it that you could call it that but i'm not quite sure yeah i'm not quite sure about the female types honestly i remember this one time i had visited in my school so around christmas we did this whole thing where we did the festival of choirs which happened in all the conferences oh yeah those are the best <laughs> and we yeah. did merry did something and at that time i was in the sopranos and then okay. over the years I don't know what happened I couldn't hit my voice that high so I yeah. became an alto Yeah Or it depends on your age it depends on your age because really? yeah yeah the because it, yeah the voice changes your voice cracks after some time it changes because when I was younger I could sing really 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 high because I had a little boy's voice right so I could sing yeah. really high but then once you know puberty hit and everything your voice kind of cracks open and then it's what it is then you got to you know accept what it is Yeah I feel like that's also happened with uh, I mean I think that's happened with me also but a lot of people think that women's uh, voices don't crack which is stupid because they do No no definitely they do yeah I have some students that I teach and I can hear cracks in their voices also it's 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 yeah, but yeah girls definitely have more control over it naturally girls have more control over that crack yeah it just happens right probably exactly. i don't know it took me a long time to consciously realize that my voice has changed i remember meeting my brother after my cousin after like maybe 4 years or something and he, he the first thing he said to me was your voice has changed yeah. <laughs> 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 like, are you still family but yeah that's pretty, that's pretty interesting to learn about yeah. it so what uh, you teach kids yeah yeah i teach i teach kids mostly see Uh, as far as i've been teaching since 2015 i've been teaching the guitar since 2015 because i was pretty good at the guitar back then you know i could play well um so i had a lot of training to do vocally but uh, guitar wise i was pretty good so i've been teaching kids for a long time all age groups mm, right now i'm kind of focusing on people who are who are recording their own music like i like to teach people who are kind of nervous about you know going to the studio technique involved there and stuff like that stuff that i didn't get any help on basically because when i got in it was super super frightening like oh god like i don't have anybody so when i started taking classes it's it's kind of more a one on one thing where i help people who want to release their own music but don't know how to sing or don't like their voice or kind of that kind of thing yeah and what's that been like what's the what's been oh. the most challenging experience with teaching and teaching someone how to practice 
Oh, <laughs> that's the most challenging thing, especially with kids. Like, I have some students. It's it's so unbelievably difficult to tell them that you know you got to do these really mundane, boring things, and then you can get to the fancy stuff. You know, the stuff that looks all great and easy. Oh, it's happening so easily, but. Um, in the beginning it's so difficult to kind of get that across to students uh, but there are also some students who are like just so technically they just they just pick up everything so quickly and then it's like oh god so i've seen a variety of students but every student kind of has their own kind of uh, forte you know they pick up certain things differently like uh, there's this one kid who was struggling with chords on the guitar and uh, yeah. but he could play lead i don't know what if you know what lead is but lead is like individual notes I right yeah yeah I, yeah i started with chords that's the reason okay. i have a guitar in my house yeah mostly people give up yeah mostly people give up at chords they like i can't play chords i can do i can do c minor a minor g7 and e minor that's so which song which song is that <laughs> you learned some songs I have okay okay i can i yeah. know how to progress those everything else i can't do after that <laughs> Yeah, so some students, you know, and one student just—I taught him chords. I taught him like really tough chords, and the next week he just showed up and he could already play it. And I was like, "How do you do it?" And he's like, "He's like, sir, I just put YouTube on and I just kept playing it for like four or five hours while watching YouTube." Wow. And he was like, "I think this was a student in 2015. He was probably 15 years old." And I was really amazed by that, you know, because I was like, "How is that possible?" And then another student was like struggling with chords but can do something else. So it's. experience as teaching has been great because even i get to see the different ways people learn which has always been something very interesting to me because uh, yeah. usually yeah usually you look at when people learn something it's like oh it's pretty straightforward you know book 1 book 2 book it's not like that it's just 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 not like that everyone learns differently so kind of yeah it's been amazing though teaching is fun definitely i'm sure has has there been like a very rewarding experience for you oh wow yeah that's definitely like it's the best feeling ever now uh, one of my students is recording in the studio and he sends me his tracks his vocal tracks he sends them to me and he's like i'm so happy you know i could sing this or he'll send it and i can see improvement that's one of the most rewarding things honestly when you're teaching someone like for them to get like to finally feel confident yeah mm-hmm. yeah i get that when are you going to finally start teaching songwriting i don't know if songwriting honestly i don't know if songwriting is something you can teach i know a lot of people teach that but i'm no as far as me when it comes to songwriting it's too personal it's too personal for me like when i pick up the guitar and i start writing a song it's too personal and so telling someone else i can give one tip for songwriting which is try to whenever you're feeling a certain emotion just record a voice note and name the voice note with that emotion because some other day is going to come when you feel the same emotion then you go to your voice memos and you'll see all these emotions you can just club them together and you have a song probably or you have something like i've had that's four, a pretty interesting cheat but that's 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 the best i can give you i can't tell people how to write lyrics and this and that you know it's just just go with it uh, you know feel feel it in the moment and just go for it yeah that's as much as i can so why do you think it's not something we can teach because it's personal and not like why can't we teach like do you think you can teach perspectives or you know uh, rhythm or something like that to help and facilitate the songwriting oh yeah rhythm see um 
right on the bat i don't choose to be like that when i write my songs it's not like i'm like uh, right from the get go i'm thinking about you know i'm going to write a witty song now the the thing is that a lot of songs that that nobody has heard yet you know that that are like completely different from this kind of song, uh, songwriting so trickster is just one of them trickster th- there are song, a few songs that i've written that are somewhat in the same sphere but mm-hmm. uh, i honestly i just go with the flow there's not a lot of thought as to what the song should uh, sound like or the the lyrics should be for me it's more about having at least some sort of baseline to like the song like some meaning overlying kind of uh, meaning and uh, and the melody line should the melody basically the main tune should uplift that mood that that's 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 how i write like yeah yeah you have this very uh, i mean i can say this personally because i've been to your gigs but uh, you have this very uh, there's this particular thing about the way you work with your words and the way you fuse them into your rhythm where you know i'm walking okay and i'm supposed to be clicking this gig and i'm already stressed out but then i will listen to you sing and i go like huh, okay cool and then i'm like okay i'm chill and all of that so do you do you know that about your songs that it relaxes people in some way or the other okay so firstly the songs that relax people are the songs that relax me like most of the mm. songs are the, the the songs that you're speaking about that this kind of style is because it makes me feel happy so when i'm writing yeah, like these songs them yeah they're in jamaica is my go to oh god in, in jamaica is never going to be on the record it's going probably going to be like a bonus track that you guys are going to have to stream on some separate platform i'm not sure i like want to record TV that you platform yeah, so we'll yeah. be on it and all of that yeah yeah absolutely we're ready <laughs> In Jamaica is if you haven't heard Derek perform in Jamaica live you have not heard. It is a vibe anybody even if it's the toughest audience they will also you know break through that song. It's a good talent man it's it's brilliant. Do talent do you yeah. think uh, that you know talent that's practiced over the years. Yeah. And you know you take so long to hone that skill do you think it gets drowned in this rat race for success and success being like fame or money or gigs or experience like that mm. see definitely there is there is a rat race that's something we have to accept first like there is a rat race out there genres are changing what's popular what's pop now is different what's pop what was pop 10 years ago is was different so but i feel like uh, you practice and you kind of maximize your talent to to a point where you feel confident because when you're confident and you perform and you sing then people can see that you know and that kind of becomes so clear so that's very yeah. attractive to people i guess you know when people see you having fun doing what you're doing that's what attracts people more than anything else so you can practice a lot but if you if you're too too technical at the end of it and while you're singing if you overthink stuff it just doesn't it falls flat all that talent doesn't mean anything if you can't have fun while doing it so the main thing is kind of focus on just like you do all your practice but when you start singing or when you start recording your music and putting it out there just have fun because uh, as far as what whatever the music scene is right now there is always a niche of people that like your style and stuff like that so but yeah there is a race definitely i will say that like when it comes to how much music you can put out in a year and what kind of music uh, you know where do you want to place your music in terms of a genre because uh, now things are definitely more electronic 
in that kind of a side yeah but uh, that doesn't mean that there aren't people who want to listen to some raw acoustic stuff you know and uh, either or both both are great genres there's nothing wrong with any of the genres it, that's what that's the best thing about music i guess you know because it's like everyone can just find what makes them feel good you know have your own playlist listen to whatever you want yeah yeah i get that speaking of your niche uh, genres or niche styles that people consume particularly Like you know, for example, there's this whole thing that if they put all of us in jail, please put me in the cell with people who like the same music that I do. Yeah, yeah. So if so, do you think it's difficult for a niche musician or a niche performer to survive when, like you said, uh, pop what pop pop was ten years ago is not pop today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So because of such an ever-changing shift in what people want to listen to or what they think is new or fresh that they like. I feel like you got to be pure to your songwriting like completely stay stay the way you know your songwriting shouldn't be shouldn't be kind of uh, poisoned by anything happening in the world your songwriting should always be your songwriting if you write your songs with your guitar you write your songs with your guitar you write your songs with your piano but uh, when it comes to production and actually taking it to the studio we should also be ready to sort of evolve because uh, electronic is, is it is the thing right now and it's pretty cool and if you try it out you might like it so you got to ha- have a bit of that open kind of uh, outlook towards this whole genre thing but the niche is definite like you you can have your niche crowd but also at the same time mm, there's no harm trying something different that's why we see so many artists that started off especially like people like edge here and they started off completely acoustic in the beginning and yeah. then you you hear songs like shape of you you know and there are a lot of people who say this and that about you know i like this old stuff it doesn't really matter because see i've i've been playing music for so many years i don't have any kind of weird opinion on like what he makes now and what he made back then that's his life you know that's his life it's his sort of journey as far as i'm, I'm concerned as a listener if i don't like something i listen to something i like yeah <laughs> yeah you know yeah but then i That's another realm altogether. That kind of music is exactly. something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, but then you know when I speak about trying to survive, 
Now hurting anchors, I'm so sure, puts in so much work. Yeah. Into what he's putting out there. I mean, one thing will be rehearsed at least a few hundred times. And I don't mean to demean a musician when I say this or ask this. But then a Taylor Swift, on the other hand, will charge a lot more but put in lesser work. Yeah. Right. Um, so I feel like con- the consumption of artists who, you know, actually are putting in the work are not getting that recognition because of it. Um, recognition. See, first of all, when you look at something like jazz, it is, I'll tell you straight off as a musician, it's not easy listening. It's not something mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'm talking about really complex stuff. It's not right off the bat something you're like, whoa, wow, this is so beautiful. You know, some people just don't get it. And I don't think we know as to why exactly, but some people just love jazz right off the bat. Some people don't, you know, um, no matter how many hours are put into the practice and all of that stuff. But as far as recognition is concerned, there are so many people out there, man. Like, like so many people, some people just like, two, three chord songs, you know, and they're happy yeah. with that. And they, and they'll sing that all day and they'll love that artist. They'll support that artist for the rest of their lives. Whereas there are some, some people who like those, you know, hundreds of chords and they'll go and they'll support that kind of music. But as far as the, the, your, your question on recognition, I, I don't, I don't really think. I'm talking about a niche. So I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that Davis work is anything lesser or yeah, anything yeah. of the sort. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying is, she eventually evolved herself. She started out with a lot of country influence. Okay. And she yeah. eventually involved, you know, evolved herself into a pop yeah. artist. Correct, correct. Right? Correct. But then some people don't either don't do that or they can't do that or they want to or they're purists in that sense. Or they would probably think that okay, I want to stick to this and perfect this to as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Right. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Like but for instance, you know, lose, for me. But then they lose out on being discovered. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the same thing for me. Like I could easily kind of you know get some producers. There are a lot of talented people. You know, I could just get producers and you know make a make a complete electronic kind of thing. But I can't contribute to it as much because all of these songs were written with guitars and all of these things. So it's difficult for me to change my complete mindset. Like right now, right off the bat to kind of say, I want to produce something that's so different from what I've been hearing or that I've been playing. But I feel like musicians in some way need to be a bit, you know, uh, be open to evolving with the times a bit. Because, um, see, you can write the same lyrics. You can even write the same tunes. It's the stuff around it that defines the genre. That's what I feel. It's the stuff around it that defines the genre. You can write a song, like for instance, Trickster. It's the genre. People still can't pin down what genre that song is. I've I've sent it to so many people. They can't tell me what genre it is. You know, it's not, doesn't sound pop. It doesn't sound this. So it doesn't make sense to kind of uh, uh, get so caught up in genres also. But at the same time, you have to just create something and kind of put it out there. in whatever is relevant to the times right now also you got to look at that also it's a bit challenging but yeah definitely that it comes at a cost that a lot of artists will risk not being discovered because of because of staying you know true to their their style or their genre or how they started off yeah right. it's a yeah. tough decision so but as an evolution- artist i'll say that much yeah okay so speaking of evolution what's next for you for me first thing i want to put out more music and an album 
someplace, something along the lines of the way Trickster was produced, you know, keeping it raw, acoustic. Then after that, I will definitely, I want to try to kind of get into another style of production and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, as far as music is concerned, that's my plan right now, just releasing music. Because for so long, I've not released music, right? And we can't plan anything right now because of what's happening. Like, I can't plan next, like, you can't plan anything, right? As far as going outside is yeah. concerned. The plan for Trickster was to go around and kind of tour on that and do those do do the song and promote the track. But yeah. I'm stuck at home now, and who knew this? It's pointless to kind of yeah. uh, think about that right now. But but if there's one plan, the plan is to just put out more music, try to get my music out there as soon as I can, an album, you know, and work with other artists as well, like working with Nida also, like putting out music with her. We have a song coming up soon, a collaboration. Yeah, song. butterflies. Yeah, that's the song we're they're doing yeah, next. I'm playing the guitar on that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, man, you can't. Yeah. Absolutely can't wait. I'm so excited. Do you guys? Do you see? Do you think there's a sense of uh, how do you deal with competition? Competition. Yeah, like how was it five years ago and how is it today? <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, but I've never competed with anyone else, but with myself. If I can't sing as good as I sang yesterday, that's bad. Or if I can't sing better than yesterday. I, so when it comes to competition, I've never looked at anybody around me as competition. Never. It's never been right. like competition. It's always been like, if I see someone sing well, it's like, oh, what are they doing technically? You know, I, I hear right. the technique behind it. And I'm like, oh, I need to learn to do that. So I either I just straight up approach them and I'm like, hey, how do you do that? You know, or I go online. I'm like, how do you do this thing? And I try to learn it myself. So it's like, and then when I learn it, most of the time I'm like, hey man, I kind of learned that from you, you know? So it's, yeah. it's I'm not very competitive in that sense. I'm more competitive with myself. <laughs> it's weird. Well, no, I get that. I get that. And But then what do you do? Like, for example, I, did you did it eat you up when you didn't release Trickster and it's been in your head for so long? Where you're like, I have to put this out. Um... There's one thing that or definitely was it kind of, or something. Huh? There was one thing definitely with with, with putting out music, right? Um, my music felt too personal to me. It felt too personal to me in the beginning when I started writing. Because for me to be able to just do music and you know live like you know just be just to make money to be able to live was such a was such such a big dream because uh, right since I started off. I was told by so many people that you can't live a stable life. You can't make money doing music. You can't do any of that. So for me to be able to just go on stage and, you know, play gigs and have, make some money, buy my instruments myself, you know, take care of myself was, was an achievement in itself. So when I started writing music, it was more like therapy. It wasn't for anybody else. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. yeah and do you? Yeah. Ha, go on. No, no, please continue. Yeah. Um, and when it started becoming about like putting music out, uh, you know, like releasing music, that's when it kind of twisted and turned into this whole thing where, okay, now people are going to listen to my thoughts about what I feel on certain subjects and stuff like that. So then it's like, okay, yeah. because these songs were very personal. I, look, I looked at them as very personal things. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm, that's what the one thing I felt when I put out Trickster was, oh, people relate to this, you know, because... It was kept so close to my chest, like, okay, this is just a song, whatever, doesn't matter. For me, it never really mattered, you know, that much. But yeah, just, it was just for right. myself. And yeah. 
do you think you hold a particular influence on any audience who listens to your music and are you more mindful about the stuff you put out yeah definitely definitely see um there's a lot of music out there different genres different styles different moods and everything but i don't know as far as uh, an influence is concerned i want to try, try to stay as uh, hopeful i can stay with my songs like uh, right. in terms of like an overlying uh, underlying kind of uh, style like i wanted to be something that you know, i want my music to be something that you know when people listen to it they 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 look they kind of uh, look at themselves but at the same time they're also hopeful for what's to come you know like this is not the end of it i don't want to kind of uh, scare people or you know make people feel extremely sad you know there's always a light at the end of the tunnel so yeah, yeah. i definitely think about that when i when i write my music it's like i don't want to put out something so overly negative and so you know you know sort of pulling you down as a person that that you know when people listen to it because a lot of kids listen to music man a lot of kids listen to music yeah. and i want my music to kind of make people feel happy rather than you know make them super nervous about themselves but that's that's my thing you know there are a lot of musicians putting out music that's purely self expression whether whatever they're going through that's yeah. up to them that this is just my way how i feel so how do you deal with like say a negative emotion and how does it influence your work like you know for example grief or loss correct correct um, so does it influence your work or do you think it helps you create something better because you went through something bad okay for me if i get out of that bad phase then i write the song that's how i work because hmm. till i get out of that bad phase I'll stay in it and deal with it somehow whatever it takes I'll just go through it. Yeah. And when I get out yeah. of it then I'll write about my experience because now I'm on the other side of it and I feel better. You know so my song will have some sort of a positive side to it. You know. Mm-hmm. So so I always kind of when I'm writing or creating it's like I've written some songs when I've been really sad but it's like a verse and chorus and then I'm like this is too sad. this is if i keep singing something so sad over and over again it will become me you know so then i yeah put the song on hold and i take care of myself i see i just uh, check where i am at and when i feel better then i complete the song and the second verse and the chorus is an uplifting thing you know it kind of makes you feel better so yeah i like that way of thinking i don't think i've seen that very often which is good and i hope you continue doing that man it's I yeah, love definitely. I love your music so much. Thank Those you. of you listening, you. go check out Derek's work, Sixter yes. out on Spotify and other places. This yes, brings me to everywhere. the end of this episode which was very harrowing but thank you for being patient with me. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Help me not throw my phone somewhere. I don't know what. <laughs> but this was a lot of fun. and yes, i am yes. so glad that you were a part of this i can't wait to listen to more music by you yeah me too and, yeah <laughs> definitely okay thank, thank you, you for having me. you thank you bye bye always bye bye i'm so glad we finally got to do this and i hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and it was wow i do not you clearly know how much i don't like live streams but then i had to do this for the engagement these episodes are going to be out on spotify very soon stay tuned and yeah i'll see you on the other side i have another guest coming up next monday i'm slowly coming to an end to these live streams <laughs>
so uh, but then there's a lot more in store which you will have no idea about and it's all in the works let's see how it works and i'll see you on the other side bye